So there's always an exit. There's always that deal after the deal if you need to. So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate? To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Elite Agent Secrets. Today, I'm joined by Chris Prefontaine. Now, today's episode is going to be a little bit different because Chris is a four-time best-selling author of Real Estate on Your Terms, The New Rules of Real Estate Investing, and Sell with Authority for Real Estate Investors. He's also the founder and chairman of the Wicked Smart Companies and host of his own Smart Real Estate Coach podcast. Now, Chris has also been a realtor 18 out of 32 years in business, not to date him, but he did tell me that. <laughs> and in the first, second, and third years, they done 24, 36, 72 deals, and then they went to 100 plus ever since. So Chris, super excited to have you on the show. We're going to dive into some amazing topics. Um, well, welcome, my friend. Thanks, Peter. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm super excited that you're having me, and uh, hopefully we can give some good nuggets to these to the troops. And speaking of nuggets, we're going to be covering the topics of buying and selling on terms. Topic number two, we're going to dive into market conditions and how to handle the next up, down, or flat cycle. This should be fun because we know that 2023 is going to be one for a ride where 30% of agents will dip out of the industry. And topic number three, we're going to cover what it takes to plan the escape from your full-time job. Ooh, this one's going to be a loaded episode. But Chris, before we dive into any of that, give us a little bit of context. Give us a little bit of your background. How did you get started in real estate? And why were you in real estate as a realtor and then transitioned into a full-time investor, starting your company, so on and so forth? Yeah, I wish I could tell you it was all pre-planned, but it wasn't. So I'll give you like the, the fast view through the 30-something years. In the uh, early 90s, I started building homes uh, without using banks way back then. I was naive in my 20s. And we would have vendors wait, landowners wait. We literally would put everything up and construct it until uh, it got financed. So we were doing creative back then without knowing it. Then I bought a realty executives franchise, uh, mid-90s. Built that to your for your point about production. I built that uh, up in 2000, sold it to Cobalt Banker, and then just did my own deals after that and coached realtors throughout you United States and Canada, mostly million dollar and up producers because they're all doing great business, but their lives were kind of upside down or you know schedules crazy. So I coached them on an efficiency standpoint. Um, that led up to the crash of 08. Um, I'll, you could not have convinced me back then, Peter, that that was a good thing, but it was a great thing in hindsight because it caused, I got beat up pretty badly and it caused us to re-engineer entirely how we operate, which is today, uh, you alluded to terms, it's just creative real estate. I didn't know as a realtor that this world even existed. It came about after the crash uh, by default. And so when I say creative real estate, we buy everything without using banks, without putting our credit, you know, signing credit and without putting cash up. And when the, when the audience, when your tribe, so to speak, gets their arms wrapped around how to do this as a as a realtor or as a broker owner, man, the game over because they'll be unique in their marketplace. We'll talk about it. 
Love it. So listen, I don't think there's a better time to dive into topic number one than right now, since topic one is buying and selling on terms. What, what does that mean? And when you say creative, I know you're talking about OPM, which stands for other people's money, but how creative are we getting here? Yeah. So it's even better. So it's, we're not even going to use other people's money because frankly, during the crash, I didn't want to go. I, well, my conference was trash. So I didn't want to go ask people to invest right back then. Number one, number two, I didn't want the stress after the 08 crash. So what does it mean? And then I'll relate it to as a realtor, as a licensed person, because we have plenty of licensed people in our community. It means we buy an owner financing and owner financing. When we do that, we're looking for free and clear properties. And I'm saying these categories of three ways we buy, because as a realtor, you're running into these. And, and I, I'd like you to think about putting your hat on, so to speak, that says, okay, any deal that Chris mentions that doesn't fit inside the box of me as a realtor, or if I'm in front of a seller, if it doesn't fit in the box, I'm going to pivot to one of these ways. So owner financing, uh, subject to existing financing. So someone's more, unlike a free and clear property that's debt-free, a subject to existing financing means I'm buying someone's house, the loan's staying in their name. And it's usually more prone to someone that's hurting financially. They just need relief like right away. So that's that category. And then the third category is lease purchase. Those are three ways you buy. None of those require big down payments. None of them require you to sign personally. And again, the realtors that I train in our tribe, I say, look, go into your appointments with your moral and ethical hat on and say, what's your situation? And then just give them the best answer for them. If it's you listing traditionally, great. But if it's you buying it, great. And we'll talk about how lucrative that could be for you as an agent too. So one of the things that I'm running into, and I don't know, I don't know if this is Florida, but subject to an owner financing or seller's financing, I, I don't even know where to begin. Or if that is even a case, how do you even have that conversation? Sure. Um, okay. So I'll just take this some recent calls. Like as recent as yesterday, I have an agent in Virginia and I called a seller for her. Um, million dollar, maybe a million plus, almost $2 million property. And the gentleman's not getting what he wants to get on the open market, you know, conventionally with agents. And she's an agent, Renee. So I, and he's debt free and he doesn't need the money. These are all key points, right? If he needed the money, he has to lower the price until he can dump it. But he doesn't need the money. It was a family house. And he said, Chris, I'm good with waiting if you can get me closer to my number that I can't get conventionally right now. Uh, as you as you guys probably know, the, the high end right now is taking a beating. So I said to him, look, if you'll give us terms, if you give us time and we do owner financing, I can get you to your price. I don't care as much about price if I get a five or a seven or a 10 year term, um, because on a free and clear house like this one that we're talking about, we do principal only payments monthly, no interest, principal only. So they get their price, but I get hammering down principal every single month. And so the conversation sounds like this as an agent and thinking wise as an agent. It's, do you need your money right away? Like, what's the situation? What's the motivation? What's the reason for selling? Do you need it right away or can you wait? I need it right away. I got to go buy a house for my family. Okay, I'll listen, sell it. That's your best way. If you don't need it right away, I can probably get you a little more. And that doesn't have to be a, a, a commission related to that because the way we exit our deals, Peter, we create three paydays. We've trademarked this. We create three paydays. They're super lucrative. They run from like 45 grand to 250 grand per house. Uh, and so when I was an agent, every January would come, I'd go, got to start the clock over with 100 homes, right? That's daunting to think about in January. Whereas when we, when we can go in and on occasion do these types of deals, but you're the buyer in that seller situation, you're going to create income now, sure, like you would as an agent, but you're going to create monthly income. You're going to create long-term income. 
And that's pretty cool as an agent to have that mix of income coming in. That was a long answer, sorry, but hope that helped. Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know, if you would like access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. Now back to the show. So when you say you create income, how does the agent get paid? What, what do you mean by that? 45 sure. to 250 day, like... Because sure. that's that the only time I'm getting those types of paydays is obviously higher end of the market or new construction, right? Because yeah. those are they typically pay out on draws, something along those lines for most projects. Yep. Uh, so three paydays work like this. We are, and and I know as agents, this is like the the audience that would understand this better than any audience is. There are right now still a slew of buyers and getting worse that can't qualify today. Now they might be okay in three months or two years or whatever their situation is, but they, there's a large majority that can't qualify today. So the three paydays act like this. The buyer comes in, they're going to exit, uh, sorry, enter our home as a rent to own buyer because they need time to qualify. They're not ready yet. There is a major onslaught going on since COVID for example, of people leaving their W-2 and starting their own business. Well, they can't qualify today. They need some seasoning, some time with, from mortgages. Right. So they're gonna come in with a down payment. That's payday one for us. That's usually somewhere between five and 20%, depending on what they're setting up, if it's a jumbo loan or not. That's a big check. Then every single month, depending on how we bought the home, there's a delta between what we're paying the seller or the underlying loan and what we're collecting from that buyer who's in the home while they get better qualified to get a mortgage. They're gonna, it's a lease payment. We're gonna collect the Delta. Average 300 to 1,000 a month per home. Long-term, 18 months to five years, depending on how long it takes them to get qualified, you're gonna collect payday three, which is the cash out. And in that cash out, you're not just getting the markup and the price of the home, you're also getting all of the principal pay down that ensued throughout the term of that lease purchase or owner financing deal or sub two deal, all of it. So you get payday one up front. Payday two over time and payday three when you cash that house out and they get their end loan. That buyer eventually gets their end loan. So you're saying I'm coming in, I'm buying the house, I'm making money on the essentially the lease, the the four, five, six percent, whatever whatever it is of the total lease value over the twelve months. Let's say renewal commissions, if well, technically not, you know, not not really. Um, and then you're saying over the however long it takes them to qualify when you quote unquote turn the property over you're making the difference between what's paid and what's left over because you already agreed on the price on day one yeah what's paid and left over plus all the principal pay down so example we did a million dollar home on the water here near a place called cape cod very touristy mm -hmm. she was a realtor but she was a realtor that sold us the house she couldn't get her price but she sold to us on owner financing and we made 2500 monthly payments to her it's like just under a million and those all went to principal. So yes, we went out and sold that for like one, two, one, two fifty. It's already been gone and cashed out. But we also had $30,000 $30, a year principal reduction. So when we cashed that out, there was several hundred grand principal reduction and mark up. That's, so it's a major payday, payday three. Interesting. Now, what, what got you interested in, in trying to figure out how this side of the, the real estate really works versus the standard agent side? Yeah. So when I went through the 08 crash, besides it being daunting mentally and financially, like it was not pretty, I, I said, all right, how, how do I get out of my own way, get out of my own head because my conference was trash and how do I get back in the market? And what do I do if I'm going to get back in the market? So I didn't want to go the realtor route again. I just didn't want to do it because I didn't want to be on the treadmill every January feeling like I got to 
be transactional again. My son was licensed at the time. He just got his license. And I said, all right, so what would be the ideal situation? Ideal situation would be to create pay or wealth or you know uh, cash flow that would go over time and not just transactional. So that was one. That's where we come up with the three paydays. And two was, there were a lot of deals as an agent when I did 100 homes plus a year. We had a nice, tight, small team, but there were plenty of deals that either expired. I think we were at like 16 or 17% back then expired. We just couldn't sell them, right? Or realtors, uh, sorry, uh, sellers that were upside down and you couldn't sell because they, they didn't want to do a short sale. They didn't want to come out of pocket. There's, there's all these things that didn't fit in our box. I said, I passed on them, right? As a realtor, we couldn't do so, so many deals. And then, of course, all the buyers that couldn't get qualified, we passed on them. All of that you can capitalize on. Not, you know, there's exceptions. If someone's behind three years in their mortgage, you probably can't help them with no equity. But there, but there are scenarios throughout your career where you're going to go, man, I could have bought that. And you probably passed on a whole bunch of them when you, when you learn how to do this. And so that's what made me think, Peter, what do I do? If I'm going to get in the market again, what am I going to do? And so that's, that's what was born like in 2012-ish. And we never turn back because this works great in every market. When you're buying on terms, um, when you're negotiating, I'm assuming there is no down payments from what I'm understanding from everything that you're talking about, right? Like if, if, you, if I, as an agent, go in on the property, you're basically saying, hey, I'll give you the million bucks, but I'm going to need to do it over, you said, five years? Yeah, it just depends. I don't go less than four on owner financing. I don't go less than three on all these purchases. We can go as much as 10 or 20. The building, the office building I'm in, not today, I'm at my home office, but my office building I bought is a 20-year note. I bought that owner financing. I didn't go to a bank, nothing. And then what happens if you can't pay it in the five years? You go get financing at that time? Okay, good question. So on all these deals, single families, when you're doing singles or two families, the cash out at the end is the buyer who you put in that home. They're gonna get they're gonna get their loan, they're in loan, they're gonna cash everything out. Now, what if they can't? We have a two to five percent default rate. Despite as much as we have fine-tuned the system, my son Nick handles the buyers. There's default rate. Life happens, death, divorce, COVID, we've had it all. So what do we do? We make sure the term with the buyer is shorter than our term with the seller. So we keep reins on the deal all the way through. And we have an online portal that lets us track their, their mortgage readiness plan. So that if they get off track, we know immediately, there's no surprise at the end of the term. We go, hey, Peter, you're off track. What are we going to do? And if they can't cash out or they're going to default, they're out in time for me to either sell conventionally or put another tenant buyer, we call them, who looking for financing in that home. So there's always an exit. There's always that deal after the deal if you need to. Mm, okay. See, this is completely uncharted territory to me, and I'm assuming a lot of our audience. So as I'm trying to grasp my head around it, it's almost a from my understanding is like you are the middleman, but you can wholesale without essentially wholesaling because you're basically brokering the deal where you're getting your the agreement with the sellers, you're putting in another buyer, you're making this the delta, like you were saying, on on being in the middle. Yeah, and the middle is interesting the way you said that. So let me clarify that. Um, so out of the three ways I told I told you we buy, when you buy owner financing or sub two, you are on title. So not only are you in the middle, but you getting depreciated and all the other advantages of owning that property, owning the property. When you do a lease Beautiful. purchase, and you can do a lease purchase the way I'm going to describe in every state but Texas right now. And when you do a lease purchase and you're in the middle, it's called a sandwich lease because you are in the middle. You do not take title, but you cloud title to protect your interest. So you control that property. You have equitable interest in the property. But 
all the accounting advantages, they stay with the seller because they're on title. So we're in the middle. Yep. And two out of the three, we actually prefer to uh, own. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. 